This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing games and collaborative storytelling. Recorded Thursday, March 19th of 2020, it's episode 174. In this episode, True Neutral, part 5 of our ongoing alignment series, plus improvised weapons to club slavers with, a nod back to our special COVID-19 remote gaming content, keeping the balance, and more. Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Grant. I'm Peter. Oh no, you caught me in the middle of a yawn. I'm Jenny. <laughs> that is staying in. <laughs> I thought I was safe. That is totally staying in. I thought I was safe in. to yawn. <laughs> well, now that we know how exciting Jenny finds this particular activity. <laughs> Indeed. How are y'all doing? Uh, Sleepy. N- not too bad considering the circumstances. Yeah. I'm I'm sleepy because I've switched exclusively to working morning so I can pretend I, I don't exist in my building. Mm, there you go. I literally have to pretend I don't exist. Work is like, would you have an existential crisis at work, please? <laughs> <laughs> I am actually getting a lot of work done, which is really nice. Well, there you well, go. That's good. Because I don't have kids interrupting me constantly being like, the controller isn't working. It's because it's not turned on or plugged in. I would always, like, fantasize when I was at the bookstore about us shutting the store down for a week and not having any customers in there, but still going into work. So you are living Mm -hmm. my old dream, basically. I really am. I really am. And I can go in in sweatpants. That's really nice, too. A couple of quick items of news here. As everybody who is listening to this is probably very well aware Most of the world is under COVID-19 quarantine, lockdown, social distancing, or some other thing that says don't go outside and do stuff right now. By the time you hear this, there should be a blog post and a very lightly edited emergency bonus episode up from us about gaming remotely via services such as Roll20, Astral, and Fantasy Grounds, or even just a VoIP service with um, some games that don't need a battle map. So if you have not found that in our feed by the time you hear this, go looking for it. Uh, that should be up and available for you to watch. Speaking of the the virus itself, here's the note from us to wash your hands and be careful about social contact. We're going to be linking a video in the show notes from Alton Brown of Good Eats fame. He made a, an excellent and rather humorous video about hand washing. There's a version that has a few extra seconds of footage that isn't quite as uh, suitable for sharing with young children that is out there that you can find, but we're going to give you the version you can share with your kids. Mm-hmm. I would also like to say, if you're happy and you know it, is almost exactly 20 seconds long. So really, okay. If you're healthy and you know it, wash your hands. <laughs> I timed it. <laughs> yep, the alphabet song also works well for little kids. Uh, you know, you just got to make sure to get the uh, the last bit in. You know, <laughs> now I know my ABCs. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty close. I would also say for everybody, you know, please pay attention to warnings and alerts and recommendations put out by local and state and national officials, wherever or whatever your equivalent is uh, in your country. Those are important. They really are. Our state is not doing as great a job as I might like, and it's causing a great deal of problems. So, hooray. Uh, Yeah. Um, If you're wondering, like, who to kind of watch in this, two very safe things to do. Follow the CDC's official social media and follow the World Health Association's official social media. 
WHO. Yeah, and really try and check anything you hear against those. There's a lot of jerks out there trying to stir up additional panic with false information. So speaking of gaming remotely, we have been gaming. Yep. It's been going well. Yeah, except for um, apparently our entire party in your game is convinced that the campaign is Skyrim and is ignoring the main quests. And I'm trying to get them to stop doing that, and I'm not having a huge amount of success. You found a dungeon. It's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, we've... <sighs> Fair enough. But I... we're supposed <laughs> to find a caravan, not a dungeon. <laughs> you found a dungeon with a random pillar of magic that makes rocks float. That is cool and all, but... Not crouchers. Crouchers don't float in that pillar. No, no, they they fall to the floor. Yeah. Unfortunate. This was the liquidizing room part two electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. And uh, we got more stuff coming up, which is I'm looking forward to. It'll be good. Speaking of that, my Sunday game continues to go pretty well. I finally got the PDF of the Kickstarter rewards from Arcana of the Ancients, so now I can throw all kinds of crazy Numenera stuff at my players, and I have started doing that. Mwahahaha. And just one other thing, because we mentioned them last week. The Moore Center that I I work with and here in my town, the kind of the local food pantry and stuff, has been uh, gearing up to serve the community, but also has done kind of an admirable job of figuring out how to keep the volunteers and staff safe during that time. So it was a little bit of a sobering meeting on Tuesday, but it was also very heartening. And I'm very proud of everybody on the board and who volunteers for that organization. So I just wanted to give them a little extra public love on the podcast. We've got a topic to talk about tonight. We're picking our alignment series back up. But before we get to that, let's roll on this table of questions, shall we? What do we got? Did you actually roll low this time, or does the high rolling continue? Oh, goodness, no. The high rolling is continuing. I may have to, like, randomize the order on this table or something. All right. This question comes from Brian Ray. What improvised weapon would you most likely use to thrash a slaver? <laughs> crowbar. Easy. I have my favorite crowbar. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I have my favorite crowbar. You know what? The, the real answer would probably be something closer to like a crowbar or a baseball bat or something like that. But in honor of the uh, the origin of this particular question, I'm going to say a bucket. <laughs> is this a thing from from your game? Yes. Yes, it is. OK, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll tell you the story once Grant gives his answer. Literally, okay. I think my question would be whatever is to hand. If we're looking for, you know, additional cruelty, I'm sure I could come up with something, but it's it's what's there. So the story behind this is the player characters in my Sunday game recently liberated a slave ship. And I did this as a massive set piece battle. I had a whole bunch of slave tokens on there fighting against the Vanarak soldiers that were on board the ship. One of them picked up a bucket and proceeded to beat the ever-living stuffing out of... Understand, this was a commoner stat block. <laughs> this commoner kept rolling high, and the CR3 Dragonborn Warrior stat block that she was up against kept missing her. <laughs> and thus, Nara the Bucket Warrior was born. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there is there is a uh, a barbarian with a specific third party subclass that focuses around improvised weapons and courage in the setting now because a random commoner just continued to roll well against an actual thing with a challenge rating. <laughs> and that is also where this question came from. 
Well, Brian, thank you for the question. We appreciate it. And if you want to help keep us on the air, you can do that at patreon.com slash saving the game. We really appreciate your support, especially now. And backing at any level at all gets you uh, an entry on the question yes. table. Yes, it does. And since we continue to roll high, there's probably a good chance that your question will actually show up on an episode. Yep. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> let's read our scripture and then let's dive into the most frustrating of alignment descriptions, shall we? Sure. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 15, verse 19. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. And 1 John chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or with speech, but with actions and in truth. And we have Revelation 3, verses 15 through 18. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. So our topic tonight is the very middle of the alignment grid. We're talking, of course, about true neutral, sometimes called just neutral or neutral neutral, because it's kind of awkward to talk about something that's kind of defined by not being anything. Hooray. Mm -hmm. Cue obligatory Futurama reference. I have no strong feelings one way yes, or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Quick note on baselines for what we're talking about here. We're not talking about self-perception. We're talking about, you know, an objective look at characters and alignments. Lawful in this context doesn't just mean law-abiding. It means orderly and disciplined and structured as well. And chaotic doesn't mean random or nonsensical, although it can mean those. It's not limited to that. You know, it means individualistic and unstructured and anti-hierarchical or anti-authoritarian as well. You know, it, we're taking a very broad approach to all of these, in many cases broader than D&D &D writers throughout the ages. I gotta be honest with you. True neutral and chaotic neutral were the two alignments that actually made me want to start this series off. Because I have said throughout this alignment series that AD&D's second edition is to blame for a lot of the misapprehensions that many people have about alignments. Well, we're talking about one of the two that I think was handled the worst. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With lawful good coming in uh, third, I'd say. Here's the second edition take. You know, AD&D second edition. True neutral characters believe in the ultimate balance of forces, and they refuse to see actions as either good or evil. Since the majority of people in the world make judgments, true neutral characters are extremely rare. True neutrals do their best to avoid siding with the forces of either good or evil, law or chaos. It is their duty to see that all of these forces remain in balanced contention. True neutral characters sometimes find themselves forced into rather peculiar alliances. To a great extent, they are compelled to side with the underdog in any given situation, sometimes even changing sides as the previous loser becomes the winner. A true neutral druid might join the local barony to put down a tribe of evil gnolls, only to drop out or switch sides when the gnolls were brought to the brink of destruction. He would seek to prevent either side from becoming too powerful. Clearly, there are very few true neutral characters in the world. 
And just for contrast, we've also got the 5th edition version. Neutral, N, is the alignment of those who prefer to steer clear of moral questions and don't take sides, doing what seems best at the time. Lizard folk, most druids, and many humans are neutral. Okay, who wants first ah! crack at this nonsense? <laughs> Sounds like Jenny. I do agree that there are probably very few true neutral characters in the world. Okay, especially in a D&D-like environment, but I think that's generally true. Okay, so that's maybe the one bit of truth in here. Go ahead. <laughs> as much as there are a few true neutral characters per the second edition explanation in the world, you will find a much higher concentration of them in the know-it-alls of the first-year philosophy mm. class. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ah, I, I, oh, I, I hate it. It's real I hate bad. It. I am... Um, incensed it's so bad it's like it's not true it's not neutral it's not dear neutral dear listeners we do not have a video feed going and i can still see crystal clearly in my mind's eye the veins bulging in jenny's forehead as she speaks right now. <laughs> there's ringing in my ears i'm not joking <laughs> it's so bad uh, yeah, yeah, you, you aren't wrong even a little bit, but let's start unpacking a little bit. So okay. the first thing that sticks out to me here is how different these edition takes are. So the second edition one is very, very concerned with actively maintaining a balance between good and evil and law and chaos, which that's lawful. a truly it's, it's... bizarre set of personal behavior. Yes. No, that's not even lawful. That's just like, well, I'm going to be very ordered this time, and next time I'm going to go burn down the, like, the courthouse. It's like some combination of contrarian and just, like, devoted... Insane? Well, slavishly devoted to returning things to the status quo, whatever I decided those were. And for me, that feels so lawful. So tied to a set of values. To, and the, the values being balance and and just... I see what you're saying. I don't like, like it. I kind of understand... I understand a little bit where they were coming from here in the sense of yeah, balance like, being like, like, okay, you're neutral. Don't be, you know, uh, super committed to doing this one particular thing. Like, you know, destroying civilization or, you know, eliminating... Uh, packs of hellish gnolls like okay i kind of get that but the idea mm -hmm. that you're going to just randomly switch sides or try and just view things as a balance between opposed forces at all times is just nonsense yeah nobody actually thinks that no. way the fifth edition one's a little closer in that it's you know uh, I, I don't think about it yeah, or I, mm -hmm. you know, I take everything on such a case-by-case -case basis, and it's... But but here's the thing. I I am I have complained about this in the four previous episodes, and I'm going to continue doing it for the this one and the next four. It puts the racial alignment thing in there. Yes, it does. Like, but races again, are not individuals. I will never stop I complaining know. about this until they stop printing it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. it's frustrating. I, you know, talking about this, I actually... Hmm. I think what they worded very badly is that true neutral characters are focused on being on the side of the winner. And I will say that is so incredibly common here. Like, and, and by here, I well, mean, in no, my they, they said town. the opposite. The underdog. They're they're big on being on the side of the underdog, the loser. Where? 
If you go back up in the, the second edition... Second sentence of the second paragraph. To a great extent, they are compelled to side with the underdog in any given situation. At which point they then contradict themselves and are like, okay, but as soon as this group is like about to be destroyed, ooh, I'm switching sides. It's as soon as that group is about to start winning themselves that they switch and start helping the other side. It almost like... Oh, I misread that entirely then. Never mind. <laughs> this is the, the second edition definition is even worse because... By definition, in this second paragraph, any neutral character's first and foremost goal is basically to prolong any conflict between opposed parties for as long as possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so much worse. Yeah. And again, it's just... Oh, well, gosh. Okay. We want to find some status quo, some balance. Okay. According to what? Exactly. Yeah. It's real bad. I gotta be honest with you. I think the whole, I don't think about it too hard. I don't take sides. I just sort of do whatever. I think that's how a lot of people actually are, which is hilarious to me because fifth edition explicitly included the concept of unaligned creatures. Yeah. yeah. And they reserve that for things like beasts or machines or like anything that doesn't really think, doesn't make moral judgments. And they could have totally included that for, like, actual characters and then just barred it from PC use. Or how how much better would it have been if they renamed True Neutral to Unaligned? Oh, that would be so... 70 to 80% better minimum? Yeah. Like, it's so much less confusing because it's like... Yeah. Th this, uh, this guy in the center, you know, of this... Three by three grid is just kind of like, well, I just kind of take stuff as it comes. This this leads into some of the, the uses in the stories, right, that we tell. You guys actually had a true neutral villain early on in that motorcycle game that I played. The lazy, worthless, cowardly sheriff in Lestant was true neutral. I wanted to make Coram Wallstone not like this despicable, vicious sadist or, you know, this... Anything like that. I was like, no, this guy is just utterly worthless in his job. It doesn't do anything useful. And so what alignment do you pick? True neutral. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got to be honest with you. I kind of figured he was just neutral evil because I know in that game you were reserving evil for like a lot of actively demonic stuff and things like that. And we've had that argument plenty of times. Oh, actually, his his brother, the uh, gun store owner, he was evil. Oh, okay. Corum was neutral. Okay. Okay, I, was, I think I was mixing them up or conflating them. He was too milquetoast to have <laughs> enough commitment to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he was too drunk to have enough commitment yeah. to be evil. This was, the guy who, this was the guy who pretended to read an upside-down takeout menu to make you go away. Yeah, no, he's just yeah. kind of getting along, and that yeah. that's fair. I think for me, a lot of neutral characters are like, well, you know, I do good, but like when it's not super hard... I try. I kind of think I'm an okay person. You know, I do what I can, but sometimes, you know, I'll, I have a bad day. You know, like they're not they're not actively trying to be awful and they're not letting their vices rule them in the way that a lot of evil characters would. But yeah. they are definitely not consistent. And it's kind of funny. There is this weird thing about the this true neutral point where you can either be and and this kind of applies also to like chaotic neutral you can either be wildly inconsistent or flatly and boringly consistent and both of those are kind of that true neutral 
meeting ground. There is that, but I also, before we get too far, I want to throw another example of where I think this shows up where it's a bit more compelling out there. I think a lot of film noir characters fall under true neutral. Uh, the, the two specific examples that I am thinking of right now for this are Bud White and Jack Vincennes from L.A. Confidential. You have these people who are ostensibly on the side of, like, good and law. They are, they are favoring this internally, but they are either totally ruthless about it, like in the case of White, or they have enough vices and kind of try and disinvest themselves from things. It's the little bit of the too cool for school kind of an attitude, and that will push them out of, like, a lawful or good alignment, but not all the way into a chaotic or evil one. I think you can get characters like that where they have maybe admirable ideals, but they've got so many flaws that they really can't wind up anywhere else. And like I said, it's it seems to largely be a genre thing to me. You will occasionally see this in um, like some actual plays. Critical Role seems to use this a fair bit. Like uh, Percy and Bo are both neutral neutral, and those characters are not apathetic and sit back. They just seem to be kind of like ostensibly heroic characters with a lot of flaws. But I I think like the quintessential film noir protagonist is probably true neutral on balance. I'm willing to buy that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will admit to not being truly super duper aware of what a film noir pr- protagonist is. The closest I get is the black and white Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse. So, like, I, I, I am aware of what it is. I'm just not super familiar with, like, the protagonist beyond, like, that one and Buddy from the Millennium Falcon. Maltese Falcon. <laughs> Malti- <laughs> Speaking of things that should probably stay it, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Han Solo probably starts out as true neutral. He's neutral or chaotic good by the end of the series and probably by the end of the first movie. I think it's safe to say he's probably framed as chaotic neutral. He's revealed to have, you know, hidden depths, but I think his initial framing is more chaotic neutral. I'm not sure it's even revealed. I think those grow over the course of the story, but that's a different discussion for another time. The other thing where you can you actually can get that kind of like balancing thing is if you have embodiments of large impersonal cosmic forces. So like the elements, time, fate, nature, magic, death, etc. Destiny is the classic, you know, neutral, all things end, all things are, all things will be kind of personified character. Oh, oh, what's their name? The 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 really Big ones in Babylon 5. It's killing me that I cannot recall what they are. Oh my gosh. They're like these big philosophical aliens that end up being very cosmic-y. Never watched Babylon 5, so... The time is now. I, I will never remember. It will... It, it's gone from my memory forever. But Babylon 5 is actually pretty good at yeah thinking about it babylon 5 is actually really solid for like true neutral characters that are actually really good at like balancing and and stuff in a not necessarily good not necessarily evil way yeah of course when you started saying you know immensely powerful things it was like oh the endless from sandman (laughs) (laughs) there is i think if you are doing a specific type of high fantasy i think there is also some room for the whole balance you know cosmic keeper of the balance kind of thing 
it ha- you have to be careful with it because it can just be kind of hammy and irritating otherwise. But you will see these things in properties like Diablo and Darksiders. And you never see them as protagonists. No, you do not. They don't also line up with a Christian worldview super great either. No. <laughs> Let's use Darksiders as an example because I don't think we've used it a ton. The horsemen in Darksiders, which are your protagonists can all be stuck into one of the peripheral alignments. I would stick war somewhere in, like, chaotic neutral. I think death actually might be neutral good, bizarrely enough. And then, you know... Not so bizarrely. He's definitely the responsible older brother of the group. He's definitely the responsible older brother. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. We're going to stick that next to fun facilitator in the Jenny shirts (laughs) pile. (laughs) I think this those kind of characters are often predicated on the idea that there's some horseshoe theory in play where good and evil are both really nasty and repressive if given too much leeway. And that bugs me. Yeah, I don't think that's actually true. Like if you get rid of all of the evil in the world, you have a passage of scripture that choked me up the last time I tried to read it on the podcast. You know, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. That passage it, it's it's frustrating to kind of like see that idea floated out there because it's it's pointlessly edgelordy. Yeah. Q, first year know-it-all philosophy students. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. We have come full <laughs> circle. We are back to the know-it-all first year philosophy students with this. If you are going to be playing with that, I, I did have an interesting conversation with a, a guy that was talking about how a content creator, actually, he was talking about how small g good is is nice and like big g good if it influences things is stultifying and that sort of thing the idea there is you've got opposing forces and the constant friction between them keeps the universe or multiverse from calcifying into an inert state like i said i'm not a huge fan but those are kind of the tropes if you want to play with them there sure and it's very common and it gives you i mean you see it even in things like good omens right yeah Yeah. The other thing, too, I suppose I should throw on this is you can have player characters or NPCs or, you know, cosmic entities or whatever that believe that that's how things work, even if they're wrong. And that still makes for a compelling character. Totally taking this off on a different tangent. May I make the argument that characters that are living on survival mode exclusively are are true neutral? I think that's fair. Okay, you had you had a little bit of there's a quote in here that you had in the outline that I think was cool. So Yeah, um this is actually one courtesy of my dad who also he has played successfully long term a true neutral character before. So the quote that that I I have down here for survival mode characters is civilizations have the morality and ethics they can afford, which comes from uh, Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell's Lucifer's Hammer, which I've never read, but that quote I think really applies. So if you can afford to take one or the other side, great, cool, you do. But sometimes you can't. And I, I think as much as it's talking about civilizations, I think the same can be said for the individual. If you are running on fumes and you are just trying to survive, you don't have time to think about whether or not what you are doing is good or bad. You might not have the energy to do much of anything at all, except eat and drink water and wash your hands and stop touching your face and stay six feet away from people in social situations, um, et cetera, et cetera. But... <laughs> I think this is a mode that can fall into 
children who've been raised by feral wolves and are feral children. I think it could also, and this might relate to one of our previous episodes, a character who has experienced recent trauma and has not been given the chance to get over it yet. Heck, the trauma might not even be recent. It might just be trauma that they haven't gotten over yet and they are constantly in survival mode. I think this could lead to a very interesting alignment change. I think this is probably the most productive for player characters as like, I want my character to change alignment over time. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is kind of the post-apocalyptic alignment, right? Yeah, I think that's what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I'm agreeing yeah, with Yeah, or her. not even necessarily post-apocalyptic, but but yeah, uh, yeah. Sur I think you can go into survival mode in any sort of situation. Like, when I have a panic attack, I go full true neutral because I can't do anything. Right. Though that isn't that doesn't affect overall alignment and stuff like that. I think, yeah, the, the quintessential post-apocalyptic character, traumatized character, heavily unsocialized character as well. Now, the the way that... that uh, my dad's character went, his character's primary philosophy was, I will treat you the exact same way that you treat me. If you are nice to me and good to me, I'll be good to you. If you try to stab me in the back, I'm going to try to stab you right in the back, back at you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very reactionary kind of character to play, but he did, did it successfully for farewell i guess that kind of leads us into advice for neutral pcs I, I guess like my first is and i know you guys are going to push back on this but you know i i'll be the one who says this maybe don't it's not the most interesting alignment out there in most cases unless you've got like a very specific concept in mind like jenny's dad did i think a lot of concepts that people initially think of as true neutral would probably be more interesting as neutral good, lawful neutral, chaotic neutral, or neutral evil. Like, adventurers tend to have strong opinions about things, and moreover, they tend to have a specific way that they like to approach situations. Let me qualify that slightly. I knew you were going to push back. Go for it. <laughs> well, no, no, hold on. I, I'm actually sort of agreeing with you. Characters with strong dramatic positions need to have those. If you are playing a game where alignment doesn't matter, you might as well make it neutral, whatever, right? Yeah. Or if you're just sort of doing like, a, you know, we're going to do a little bit of role playing, but I'm mostly focused on the dungeon crawl. Sure. You know what? True neutral's fine. Yeah. It's fine, right? There are a couple of characters in the Princes of the Apocalypse game that I'm running that could probably be true neutral and nobody would really bat an eye. And that's fine. I also tend to agree that... There shouldn't be a lot of these. People have opinions about things. Yeah. And unless you are going with the take of true neutral as unaligned, in which case, yeah, there's a bunch, but go ahead and call it unaligned because that's a little more honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, and I, you know, I really kind of hope that at some point, if we see a sixth edition, and please not soon, Watsy, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I, I, fifth is fine. Thank you very much. But, Throwing unaligned into the into the mix, like somehow making the alignment table three dimensional or something like that, really does seem like a good modification to me. Yeah, can I can I quickly get in? I've been I've been rolling these words around in my head. I think that true neutral is not suited well to your standard adventure party game. Mm -hmm. I think what it, it is interesting for is a much more 
dramatic storytelling based game. I can certainly see that. I think if you don't have to be super motivated to go out and do big things in in your story, then I think True Neutral is much more effective at, at good storytelling there mm-hmm. because you aren't being forced out and having to do great big things. If you are if you are doing the I'm running a tavern thing, which I I, def- I definitely want to do, then I think neutral would fit much more easily in with with the party dynamic for one thing because you're not having to like motivate somebody to actually, you know, care about, you know, big worldwide events. I think it also perhaps works well used sparingly as that ruthless, amoral mastermind at the center of a political web that still isn't going to go out and do things out of pure malice. I think, honestly, you just want to use those characters sparingly. Yeah, but I mean, like, you can see characters of the, like, the the neutral type in very, like, gray fantasy settings like A Song of Ice and Fire or The Witcher or that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. It's telling that a lot of the time they still aren't the protagonists that, you know, the the readers are expected to kind of like latch onto and follow. Sure. Mm. You know, they're, they're not Geralt of Rivia. They're not the Stark family. It, these are more supporting cast kind of things. But it's like if you want somebody who is always several steps ahead, dangerous and unpredictable, eh, true neutral might not be the worst alignment for them. Okay. Lawful mm. or chaotic neutral also might not be the worst alignment for them, but, you know. Yeah. I do think there is room to play interesting neutral characters. As Jenny said, you know, her father ran one for a long time. And, you know, you can do a lot of things where you have someone who, you know, a balance is important. Like, okay, I, I think part of the problem is how do you define what you're trying to maintain? as that true neutral archetype. And what do you do? Like, you know, I think there's a lot of, of value in what do you do when that comes into conflict with something that absolutely needs to be stopped? I think the other thing that you mentioned to me when we were kind of talking about this, when we first started planning this is what about characters who, for whatever reason, don't have a huge choice in the matter? Like they are duty bound to maintain the balance, but they actually would prefer to take a side. I mean, that's just adding, you know, interesting character drama and internal tension to a neutral character. And great. Right. Do that with anybody, frankly. Yeah, but I but I think <laughs> it's especially important with a neutral character because you don't have a lot of other like hooks for their worldview. The I think the other thing that you can do is um, you can you can think about some consideration that is so important that it supersedes considerations of morality or structure to these people. Uh, that can be hard to do. But it, it may not be the worst for like a spy master or something who is like, I, you know, I value the standing of this nation that I am sworn to advance the interests of above all other concerns. If I can advance this by being structured, I will do so. If I can do it by sowing chaos, I will do so. If I have to be virtuous, you get the idea. There's also a lot of value in the traditional archetype of the druid who's committed to maintaining nature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like nature is more important than any of y'all, because if it goes away, we're all screwed kind of a thing. And I'm kind of okay with that more and more, frankly, because it's not like that's ever going to not be threatened. Right. You know, people are all Mm -hmm. like, okay, let these, it's basically, instead of we want things to go back to exactly the way they were, it could very well be, we need to make sure these systems do not enter a state where they are uncontrollably 
spiraling up or down. If you think of it as maintaining not stasis, but some sort equilibrium? of balance, yeah, an, an equilibrium over the long term, that's fine. There's, I forget the name of this particular mathematical formula, but there's a, a particular formula that measures ratios basically of like populations. Let's say, for example, you've got a population of wolves, right? And okay, how many of those wolves, you know, what does the population look like when they, they eat a lot? They breed a lot. The next year, there are more wolves, there aren't enough food, the population dies off. And then there's not too many pre- you know, there's not too many predators for the environment, so it goes back up. And, you know, you have a stasis, and this formula does all sorts of fascinating and wonderful things, and it actually ties into the Mandelbrot set, and it there's all sorts of fascinating mathematics about, around it. But my point is, you can have an equilibrium that is not stasis, but rather nothing is getting out of hand over the long term. And I think I'm okay with somebody who's trying to just sort of maintain boundaries and bounds rather than somebody who says, no, 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 we need to have everything be equal and like these gnolls have exactly as much right to exist as you guys. It's like, no, look, the gnolls are a problem. They need to go, but you also like, you cannot just clear cut this forest, my dude. Yeah, that's... I, I think I am a, I agree with you. I think that is much more yeah. interesting and there is much more story meat on those bones. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's far more gameable. And moreover, unlike the second edition description, that character has strong ideals and is reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to somebody who has that long view, you know, nature must be preserved kind of a, a worldview and be like, okay, look. This and this is going on. It's going to affect, you know, nature this and this way. Are we in agreement that you should probably help us with this? And they'll go, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's a real good one. I, I think that's that's a solid place where you can you can have a character who is neutral and who is kind of taking that extreme long view. Like, I realize you folks want to to start, you know, cutting timber here or something like that but if you do that it's going to have this effect on the local animal population and this effect on the soil and then in you know 50 to 100 years all of a sudden people are going to be starving you're going to be dealing with wild beasts coming out of the i can't let you do that man (laughs) and it's going to seem like that person is nuts but they're actually not trying to think if there's anything else on this i don't have a ton because i mean what do you say about something that's inherently either boring or wrong it yeah it's i mean it's it's hard to get any a lot of substance out of this particular topic because it is literally defined by what it is missing depicted as a void yeah yeah it's depicted as basically like the the literal nothing alignment it's a problem (laughs) i have no strong feelings one way or the other yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah we're back to the trauma quote (laughs) And, and equilibrium has been maintained. And I think we've sum, summed it up there. We kind of yeah. have. Um, I think maybe the one thing I would say is, I'm not going to say GMs, don't allow true neutral characters at your table or anything like that. But maybe if somebody says, I want to play a, a neutral character, figure out what they actually want and get, make sure that they are actually engaged as protagonists in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make sure they're not trying to be like, 
actually chaotic neutral. Yeah. I knew so many people in high school who were like, yeah, I play two, true neutral, so I can do what I want. I'm like, that's chaotic neutral. Right. You're describing chaotic exactly. neutral. <laughs> this actually brings one other thing that I, I kind of just remember that I wanted to discuss up here. One of the worst forms of this that will show up at tables is a character that no matter what the rest of the group suggests, their answer will be no. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like the, the person who is literally just there to do nothing but obstruct everything else that could possibly happen. That is not a fun, compelling, or interesting character. Get out of here with that nonsense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And definitely make sure that your characters, and this, you know, this goes for players and GMs alike, make sure everybody involved is, actually has some sort of dramatic arc and drive. Beyond that, I think we're kind of about done on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really do too. I mean, you know, once again, like we said, this is a, an alignment defined by what it is not. In many cases, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll probably never see me play one of these. I, I tend to use them fairly sparingly, even as NPCs. And well, I mean, Corum Wallstone is pretty much <laughs> my opinion on yeah. them in character form. I don't so. mind them. It's just if I'm going to play somebody like this, I'm just going to go ahead and be chaotic and do whatever I want and have fun with it. I'm not I'm not trying to play especially right now, I'm not trying to play anything super focused on, like, maintaining a balance or anything like that. I'm just like, no, you know what? Let me just play somebody who just wants to go have fun and do their own thing. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. rides, a rides a motorcycle, wears a leather jacket, and scandalizes their parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think if I was going to do, do this, I'd probably skew a little more to the lawful side of things and be somebody who's actually got some kind of a, a code or an ideology that drives them, even if they're not the most moral per se. It just... It seems like you've got more getting bored with your own character is a real hazard with this particular kind of PC and just eh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably about all we can, we can say at yeah. this point, which is frankly more than I thought we were going to get at the beginning. So well done, everybody. I definitely want to hear everybody else's opinions on this. I'm sure that many of you disagree, but that's fine. Yeah, if we've got some huge blind spot, I'd love to hear it because it was this was a oh, tough yeah. one to plan. It's just like, mm -hmm. what even is there to say? You know, just go ahead and uh, reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or, of course, in our Discord. You can find links to all that on our website, stgcast.org. And, you know, please join our Discord channel. We've got a good group of people there, uh, you know, supportive and very pleasant to be around. It's nice. Yeah, especially these days with, you know, everybody kind of being low on social contact for a while. Good Internet communities will not completely take the place of in-person interaction, but boy, can they ever take the edge off. They are helpful. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Ours is a really nice one. So let them be there that for you. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. Or at least one of them. Yeah, several is often good, but ours is a good one to have. As a reminder, we also have a looking for group channel. So if you're looking for people to game with online... After listening to our little bonus episode about playing online and how to do it, if you don't already know how, come to our Discord and, you know, look for people to game with. Yeah, there's there's a bunch there, and they'll probably all be as bored as you are, so... <laughs> well, from all of us here at Saving the Game, have a good one. Take it easy. Be safe. We'll catch you next time. See you later, folks. See ya. Wash your hands! <laughs> yes, wash your hands. This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Sharealike License. 
Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.